Hey, it's Christy. Welcome to Do the Work. Today and every day, we'll talk about things that really matter. You, your thoughts, your feelings, your experiences. We'll discuss what emotional work looks, sounds, and feels like in our day-to-day lives. Relationships are what matter most, and they can be complicated. If you'd like a better connection with yourself, with others, and with your God, you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Welcome back to Do the Work. I'm here with Matt Gallon today, and we are going to chat about an experience we had on a mountain last year that meant a lot to me, and also about the gift of nature and the healing power and peace that can come when we choose to spend time there. Matt, I'm going to introduce you. I made up this introduction based off of a little bit of information I could gather, but I'd love for you to share with us as well anything that I miss, which is all about your family and and that kind of stuff. Matt has a PhD in geography. That's, That's correct. Cool. Okay. What's your favorite thing you learned getting your PhD, Matt? That anyone can get any amount of education they want. You don't have to be smart uh, to get a PhD. You just have to be willing to do the work and stay at it. That's good. So, because I grew up not being the smartest kid, or at least not feeling the smartest, but I was curious enough to never want to quit learning. And eventually, if you keep going, you end up. With the PhD. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's beautiful, actually. Um, he's also a pilot, and I know you fly helicopters. Do you fly other planes? I do. Yeah, I fly. Right now, I fly a helicopter and then a fixed wing, which is an airplane, and it's the Vision Jet. It's like a little seven-seater jet engine on it, and it's it's fun. It's just another way to be up in the sky but get there a little faster because yeah. helicopters are slow. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just like being in the sky. So yeah, I fly fixed wing and both helicopters as well. That's amazing. Okay. So he's a pilot. He is a backcountry runner, which we're going to talk about a little bit more later, a photographer and a cross-country biker. And what does that mean to be a cross-country well, biker? Well, I mean, in the biking world, mountain biking or there's so many different types of bikes that sometimes when I'm like, oh, I raced, I raced bikes. They're like, like motorcycles yeah. or like cycle cross. There's just a lot of different bikes. So a cross country bike is one that you usually pedal uphill because there's a lot of bikers who are like, oh, I'd go downhill, at, you know, at Sundance, mm-hmm. take the lift up and ride down. But cross country is more like, you know, trail running, but on a bike. So yeah. more pedaling, you know, more pedaling than coasting downhill. So more work is yeah, what you're saying. For sure, yeah. Be honest, is it electric? No, it is it is, <laughs> it is not electric. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a, I'm not opposed to that. I I have Listen, I'm like if all my friends want to join up and say we're going we're taking e-bikes out, I will join that group just to be out in nature with them and be with the group, but if I was left alone man on this planet, I would take my cross-country bike and pedal, so. Yeah. I I agree 100%. I was just joking because I know what you do is hard. <laughs> no, it, it's funny. There, yeah, you've you've actually cued into like the politics of bikes. Like nothing's worse than when you're like huffing and puffing and dying up a hill, and then someone you hear this little hum of a motor coming behind you, and someone with a little bell, and they just smile as they go past you like twenty miles an hour. Or even worse, they'll say, "Good job, you're doing a great." Job. Yeah, yeah. I hear it, and. I used an electric bike uh, recently. I don't mountain bike and, and I'm, cause I'm afraid I'm going to kill myself out there and I don't want to hurt myself. Some people are like, Oh, you'll road bike, but you won't mountain bike. 
the answer is yes. I know a car could take me out faster than probably anything that would happen on the mountain. But I went for my first time and the person I was with said, here, use this electric, electric bike. It was like magic. It was so fun to go up those hills and just fly up the hills and then pedal when I felt like it. So I have nothing against an electric yeah. bike either. No, it's a good way, especially if you don't have time and you're like, hey, it's not about how tough I am. It's a matter of time. I don't go see something. Yes. It, it's a super fun way to go see yeah. nature. It really, really, it was so fun for me. I'm fixing to get one someday. Matt and I are both members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We are both people of faith. And we'll talk about that a little bit later too as well. But fill us in what I didn't catch off of your Instagram, Matt. Oh, about me? Mm -hmm. Probably um, I've been married for 25 years. This year will be uh, 25 years. And we have four kids. I'm probably number one, a a husband and a dad. um, Because most of what I do is to kind of be, you know, at least someone to look up to for my kids. So mm-hmm. whatever I do in life, I'm have the thought of my kids are watching me do this and mm-hmm. c- to kind of give them some type of direction. No, I, I, I think I'm a, an earth lover. I was born on earth day. I don't oh, think you it's, were? I don't think it's coincidence. <laughs> so, um, uh, definitely a nature lover and really all my sports and hobbies and things that I do on the side really are just ways to go see nature and be out in nature. So whether it's flying or riding bikes or going down rivers, it, it's it's just a, a means of seeing more of the earth, I guess. It's like, as you're saying that and describing, it, it just feels miraculous that we live in this state of Utah. And if you're listening to this and haven't been to Utah, come to Utah. Because all of those things that you just described are literally in your backyard. Mountains to ski down, rivers to go down, lakes to play in, mountains to climb. All of them. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I do have on my social media, some people are like, stop getting people to come to Utah. Oh, really? (laughs) Um, But it's kind of interesting when you're so proud of something. And if there's something great in my life, I feel like I need to share it. And then if I don't, I feel like I'm being very selfish. Yes. Kind of like guys who have their little honey hole for fishing or (laughs) their favorite restaurant. Like, like, They like to keep secrets. Like, I just feel like it's a waste of something good in the world. Like you're like, if I'm having this, why shouldn't everyone else (laughs) be able to have this? So I'm like, if they, if they feel the urge to come to Utah, it was probably for a reason. Like, cause there's a feel here. Cause is, is great as like the snow is and the mountains and you know, our nature, um, a huge part of that is the people and you'll either feel comfortable or uncomfortable here because we are a close knit community and, and we're tight and there's a lot of good people here, but maybe Utah's not for everybody. And so I like putting that out there to say, come to Utah because I feel those who will be attracted to here will be those people who may might share our same values, principles, love of nature, God and community. And if that's not your thing, um, then you'll be like, no, it was great for a trip. And then they leave, but I would like to net and keep those, people so that we can be more unified and gain momentum in that same direction. It's really beautiful. Yeah. I love what you said about sharing what you love. That is, that actually, I believe is one of the feelings I feel in nature. Like I love to be out there alone actually, and be on a hike or a run or, or a bike ride, but then I want to share it with everybody too. So that feeling, I feel like that comes 
especially when I'm in nature, the goodness and the beauty that's there. So thank you for sharing that. Okay. A few days ago, I was chatting with my family and my sisters, who's an avid listener to the podcast, said, hey, you've talked a lot uh, or a few times on the podcast that you've had a hard year, but you've never said why you had a hard year. Are you ever going to do that? And so I said, yeah, I'm actually going to have a conversation this week with Matt Galland. Um, And then I shared with them the experience that I had a year ago with you, um, right, coming down Squaw Peak. And I had no, I didn't realize I hadn't, I said, I've shared this with you, right? And they're like, no, none of my kids were there. I'd shared it with my kids before, but I hadn't shared it with my family. So anyway, I said, I'm going to share that. It was a sacred experience for me and one that's hard for me to talk about without feeling lots of emotion. Hence, I'm going to read a little bit so that I can just stay focused. But there's a reason that I went to the mountain that day. There's a reason that I keep going back and why I love to spend as much time as I can in nature. It was August 1st of last year, and I was just ending a Zoom work call when an email popped up on my computer that said, finalization of divorce. It felt like a literal gut punch. And even though I knew this email was coming, it just was so painful to see the finalization. After 33 years of marriage to a man that I loved very much, I was actually the one who had filed for divorce. I didn't have to open the email, though I did, to feel the total devastation of the loss of something and someone that mattered so much to me. And this choice had affected the people I loved the very most. I gratefully had an empty morning after that meeting, so I put on my shoes and I grabbed my dog and I headed for the mountains. I needed a bigger perspective because it felt like my life, like it just felt like everything was closing in. It felt crushing, actually. And I'm hoping that as people listen to this, they can connect. There's, I, I know I am not unique in having experiences in life that just feel crushing. Anyway, I decided to do a hike that I'd done several years earlier that I knew had a a beautiful view of the whole, it feels like you can see all of Utah County, but also if you turn the other side, you can see like the depth of the mountains as well. And so I wanted to go do that hike. However, I'd forgotten how difficult the hike was. (laughs) And so if you're listening to this, just imagine climbing your stairs but they they're in nature and they don't end you just keep going to the you're just continuing up the stairs I'm not sure what I was expecting I was climbing to the top of a mountain but I'd forgotten how difficult that hike is not to mention that I was not in a good emotional state and I had not brought water or food for me or my dog I had two experiences on the mountain that day that I'll never forget and forever be grateful for. And I'll share the other one on another podcast. Um, But eventually I made it to the top of that peak. I remember sitting there with others who had made the trek up and thought, wow, it's so strange to sit here. And they were like talking about the party they'd been to and, you know, where they were going to shop and -and so-and-so that was in from out of town. And I was sitting there and feeling like my life was, I knew it wasn't over. It just I just was so crushed and sad. So it was an interesting experience to me to be having this experience and, and, and again, perspective and looking out over this beautiful valley surround. There were people up at the top talking about their own lives. And I was able uh, to move up there to, I was praying, I was pondering, and I was just getting a different perspective. 
I knew I'd be okay, but I was in so much pain. <laughs> so after several minutes of sitting at the top of that mountain, I headed down and I was, I hadn't left the top very far when I saw a man running up the, up the mountain. And can we both just agree that people who run up mountain, they're just different people. <laughs> can we all agree on that, Matt? Yeah, that, that is a very steep run, <laughs> but yeah. And you were running. So you passed me, Matt, and I thought, oh, that, I bet that was a gallon. That looked like a gallon, but I didn't say anything. And you ran past and went up and I just kept hiking down. I knew Matt's older brother. So when I said that's a gallon, I knew Matt's older brothers and his family. They, I had had the incredible opportunity to go on a few different trips with Matt's family. Um, when I was young, I was 16. So Matt, you were. I would have been six, seven, eight. I yeah. can't remember. So I knew Matt's family, but I bet it had been 30 years since I'd seen you or at least talked to you. I don't know. Have yeah. we seen each other? I don't remember. I would say, yeah, 35. Yeah. 36, 37 yeah. years. I could have been a long time. <laughs> it had been a long, he, you were a little boy last time I passed you, but I also could see that you were a gallon when I passed. Anyway, I finished hiking. I'm not finished. I continued hiking and I'd gone a mile or two down the mountain and I heard someone running behind me. And sure enough, you came and passed me. And I don't remember who said hi first, but you said, are, are you Christy Ross? I think is what you said. And I said, yeah, I am. Are you a gallon? Yes. And we chatted for a minute and you reminded me of a experience we'd had when we were younger for uh, your brother york was going on a mission yeah he was my friend and he and anyway you had shared something and reminded me of an experience that we'd had and then you went on your run and it was nice to see you so and then you left and i continued to hike down i went another mile or two and then i heard someone running behind me again and up beside you came up beside me and it was you again. <laughs> How did you get behind me? Like it felt a little strange, but I'd love to hear your perspective from this point. Yeah. So in your life, while your world was probably caving in a little bit at some time, mine, I woke up, you know, that event that morning was just another normal morning for me mm -hmm. because I run, mm -hmm. I run every day or most days of the week. But I had decided to go up Rock Canyon, which I run quite a bit, um, probably maybe once a week and once every couple of weeks, I'll go up there. From my perspective on that story, everything was actually quite normal. And my plan was just to run from Rock Canyon up to the campground and back, mm -hmm. which is like, a, you know, a six mile run out mm -hmm. and back. So it's just something easy. And then, um, easy's relative just to let yeah. everybody know. Good point. <laughs> it's a, it's a very rough <laughs> well, run up to the campgrounds, a little different than up to the peak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what, mm -hmm. what had happened is, um, nothing was out of the ordinary for my life at that point at, at all in any way until when you were running to the campground, you do have an option where the road splits yeah. and you could either go left up to the top of Squaw Peak or go continue on straight as was my plan. To go up to the campground, which is then it then it became actually interesting because for some reason, while it was my plan to run up to the campground, I found myself on the Squaw Peak Trail. Mm. And I was like, it took me a while. And I've I've done this in times past where you know, I've taken so many roads, I just my mind wanders and uh -huh. I catch myself. Mm -hmm. But that was one of those. And then I'm running. And then, of course, I was reminded immediately because it gets really steep. Mm -hmm. Once you take that left, it goes like straight up. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I'm really tired. I'm like, why? Why am I running here? 
well, hey, I was kind of taken aback. Like something's taking me left. I, I, I'm, I was supposed to be going straight. And I'm like, well, great. Now I'm committed. Like, cause <laughs> it's not like I was going to be like, turn around. I'm like, well, this is the path now. So I did continue up. And I think, I think I may have passed you. I don't know if it was once the first time. And then I saw you coming down. Yeah. Did I say anything when I passed you the first time? No, we just passed. Because when I passed you, because from my perspective, something was different. After I'd passed you, I'd felt kind of this, just something was different. I was like, was that person okay hmm. when I and when I passed them? And um, and then I, 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 immediately, <laughs> I immediately got back onto my run and refocused. But it kind of kept coming back to me as, as I got to the top. And I got to the top quickly, and it is a beautiful view up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, because um, you can look straight down in the Rock Canyon. You can actually go four miles, and then all of a sudden you're looking straight at your car again. But, totally. you know, yeah. from, you know, almost 3,000 feet above it. And the valley was pretty. And then I remember just turning around and then coming down and seeing you. And then, uh, I mean, after three decades, like something like sparked. I'm like, okay, I I think I know who this person is. Mm -hmm. And I had talked to you for just, I think, maybe a minute or so. It was short. And then as I left, um, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what at all. I had no idea. So I think in my mind, I was like, well, first of all, my first reaction was to do a human um, ton of tamp down the reasons for why you might be feeling what you're feeling and come to like some logic to kind of like quell that feeling that was coming up so i was like oh you know what maybe maybe she's just like having a bad day or something but i'm sure that's fine mm-hmm. I, i'm sure everything's great just i keep running so i i kept running down and then immediately just tried to get my mind to go somewhere else you know as i was coming down that steep trail i'm like well i'm not turning back now <laughs> So it's kind of steep. I don't know her well enough. I'm not going back up. <laughs> it's kind of steep to come back up. And honestly, when I'm out in nature, when I do see like um, someone like a female running, mm-hmm. I understand. I'm like, okay, now having daughters and a wife, I understand mm-hmm. like they might feel a little vulnerable out there alone. And mm-hmm. so even if I'm coming up, I usually like to make noise like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm coming above up. Don't want mm-hmm. you to be scared. Mm-hmm. I want you to have a good feeling like mm-hmm. I'm not a scary person. I'm yeah. just going to come around say nice hello and i'm like oh i don't i don't want to come back like that would be uncomfortable i don't want to be, have anything be uncomfortable but when i got to the bottom of the trail where i could go back to my car or go to my original destination yeah. up to the campground i decided to go back up because with that feeling i knew where it was coming from mm-hmm. and i was a little bit scared the first time and i was like oh i don't want to I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't want to say anything, but I'm not, I'm not going to just put this to rest. How about this? I'll go to up to the campground. Mm -hmm. And if I see her, I will finish that. My desk, my original destination. If I see that person again, Mm -hmm. I'll say whatever you want me to say. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I thought you'd be coming back down and you'd probably just hit that trail and go down. Mm -hmm. And then, so in my mind, I said, I will go, if I see her again, like I will commit, Mm -hmm. like 
I will do whatever you want me to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, my personality is I'm very comfortable with being uncomfortable. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'll look like a fool. I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll like, I'll embarrass myself. Like, I don't even have to tell, no one has to know this. I'll just, you know, so I, I feel at that point that I was probably the person to say something if someone was to say something, but I did run a little slow thinking maybe if she turns right and goes to the car, she'll be to the car before I have to see her. Um, I still get that. So then I turned around, then I was coming back down and um, it was kind of like one of those feelings where I'm like, I know, I know I'm going to see this person. So tell me if I do see this person, what is it that you want me to say? Because I had no idea what was going on. I just, I had a little film of like doom and gloom mm-hmm. and uh, darkness, but. um, Which I tried to put on my best happy face when I passed you. <laughs> yeah. I, and maybe. Mm-hmm. Which and, to me feels sweet that you saw all the way through that. Yeah. And I, at that point, I, I didn't know what to expect, but I came to it. I said, this is what I'm going to do. If I see that person, I'm just going to be straight up and I'm going to say, listen, I know this is weird. I'm just going to say this. And, and I, and I will do that on occasion in life when I feel inspired to do something, I will check it off. Like I go before God and I'm like, let me see the contract. I will, I will read, I will do. And then, then I'm out. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm, I will sign off and I'll go on with my life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so as I was coming down, I think it was a little bit emotional for me because I was able to feel a little bit of maybe what you were feeling and um, touched in that way to feel some of that darkness and um, maybe hopelessness for a second. And um, when I saw you, I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is it. I, <laughs> I will say this. So in my mind, in my, from my perspective, I think I probably just slowed down to a walk mm-hmm. and then came next to you. And it was probably pretty close to the parking lot, probably we were within pretty close, yeah. a minute of the parking mm-hmm. lot. So, yeah, I said the words that um, I was to say. And, and what came over me was that Heavenly Father was well aware of who you were and knew exactly what was going on. And he wanted you to know that it, everything was going to be okay, that he loved you. And that you were not forgotten and that you would be taken care of. Oh, dear. That's the message I heard. And when you said that to me, you were actually, to hear you describe the struggle or the wrestle that you had before you came up to me and kind of negotiating, like, okay, okay, what then? Okay, here I will. When you said it to me, I remember turning to you and saying, I just found out today that my divorce is final. I, it's been a really hard day or something. And you you were so sweet. You kind of said it again. God is aware of you. He knows what you're going through. You're not alone and you're going to be okay. And then I, I said, thank you so much. You're like, okay, well, bye. <laughs> you just were, I, I think I asked you about your kids or so, or your family. I don't remember, but it was almost like, that's all I got. See ya. <laughs> and that's and in my mind, I felt like I was I was the deliverer of a package, and it was like I will deliver this nicely. I don't want it to be abrupt, but yeah, my mind, I was I could check that off in my mind and 
go on throughout my day. Yeah. The thought as I was preparing for this podcast, and as I've thought of it multiple times um, since that experience, Matt, I thought God spoke to me in multiple ways that day. I believe in the miracles of the Bible and of the scriptures where God appears, for instance, to Moses in a burning bush or he parts a sea for the children of Israel when they were in deep need. And I was in deep need that day. And either directly or through another person, God delivered a message to me. And none of them were so profound as my experience with you, Matt. So thank you. Thank you for being willing to be to share what you were told to share. I'll be forever grateful for it, for it. It's been a year since we met on the mountain that day, which again, I think is so crazy because it had been 30 something years before that. And I'm so thankful to say that after a full day of working with clients on August 1st, a few we- uh, last week, I quickly changed my clothes and headed for that same mountain. I wanted to hike it again. I wanted to hike it. I want to hike it every August 1st for the rest of my life as a reminder of the miracles that happened that day and also as a reminder that I'm capable of climbing through any challenge that I'm given as well as climbing literal mountains. And there's always a greater perspective than the one that is just right in front of me. Thank you so much for being a part of that and thank you for being willing to come on and share your experience. I've never heard it like that. I've never... I, I haven't really talked to you about it. I feel like after that, um, well, number one, me as a person, just to be straight, I'm a very average person. Like there's nothing, there's nothing uh, necessarily unique or great about me, which was kind of uplifting to me to know that if you're willing to work for God, he doesn't care necessarily on like who you are and like where you stand in the community or I don't, I don't know what your resume looks like. I learned that day that nothing, none of that really matters to him. He's looking for people who are willing to work. When I've thought about that, I'm like, you know what? Of course he used me because I will say awkward things and um, <laughs> approach people and I'm unafraid. If there's one thing I have as I don't have fear to try new things or do things, yeah, I felt that day that he's like, you know what? Like, I have so many millions and millions of great kids there on earth. This would be a good one for Matt. <laughs> like, Matt's Matt's can get to where I need him to be because he's a runner. And he's willing to say and listen. And so I, I thought to myself, man, how many people has God maybe sent an invitation to? And and the message wasn't passed on. Mm-hmm. And so since that day, interestingly enough, when I say like a personal prayer, I say, give me the strength to say what you'd have me say Mm. and see those who you would want me to see. Because it was one of those things that made me feel like, man, I don't ever want to miss an opportunity of someone who's hurting or needs that. And it could be because it was so easy on my part. It was a little scary and a little uncomfortable. But like once I committed to it in my head to say, fine, I will do this. Yes. And then I've also honestly, the human part of me is like, because sometimes when God interacts in your life, I feel like sometimes you want to discount it when time goes by Mm -hmm. and be like, was that just in my head? Like, was I every, anytime that comes in, I remind myself to be like, hey, you just, 
sometimes you need to believe in these things and not and not be afraid. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my thought has been to my kids and even those who are close to me is to be willing to listen, but just be unafraid to say those things. And you know what, man, the worst case scenario would have been, you're like, I'm actually just fine, but thanks to know that'd be great that God loves me and he cares about me. And that would have been the worst case scenario (laughs) to be like, Oh, it's just some weird dude said that God loved me and I was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But the real case scenario and what was really happening is, is it, um, I was a messenger that day, but God, God checked off his list to let you know that he was, he was caring and he did it in a way that you could understand and, and feel that. And it doesn't always have to be someone running up behind you telling you that, but he comes in many mysterious ways. And it definitely takes two people, someone looking for an answer and then somebody willing to give it probably at the same time. And so, yeah, I was super grateful that day that I was I was there because it was a beautiful run for me and it was fun and um it made me feel that maybe God trusts me to give an answer which 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 was nice for me. It was the blessing was for you but just as a part of that I was like oh man, maybe maybe God does trust me and he he's looking out for me too. Oh, he so. trusted you. He trusted you and I I don't even have language to describe how I feel, even as you share that, so much of what I do as a coach is help people walk towards their fears, to let go of what are other people going to think of me. And you just did it so beautifully and recognizing that we have lots of different fears in our life. This one, especially when we're like, hey, God told me to do this. It's, it, it, it's so easy to fear the other person more than to fear the God who gave us the message. And and here's the truth. I'm a pretty open per- I'm actually quite open as a person. And so I immediately turned to you and said, well, thanks. This is actually the worst day of my life. <laughs> Thank you for that message. Some people might not do that. Some people may have just re- responded with, Thank you. And the goal is the, for us to become congruent inside of us, regardless of the outcome, regardless of if someone says thank you and never shares anything but to just trust, trust our instinct and our revelation and to move forward. So thank you. You just said that so beautifully. I really appreciate it. Now, yeah, that probably helped me too, because if you would have just said that, I may have still thought in my head, like that was just, yeah, I, I don't know, but it, it, it's nice to know that it gave me confidence on there to, you know, that I felt like that was the blessing on, on my behalf to say, Hey, you were right in in following those instincts. Yeah. Like, let me let me at least let you know yeah. the reason why you felt this, yes. rather than being scared the next time. Going, <laughs> I you know, it gave me confidence to go forward to be like, if that ever if if things happen along the way, let let me be brave enough. And so it gave me confidence for the future. So beautiful. Thank you so so much. And because of this experience with Matt, I went and looked him up on Instagram because I wanted to say thank you. Or and I also think I wanted to ask you a question. I should have gone back and seen why I did. And oh my hunk. I, it is the most, you have the most, you're just sitting there like it's nothing, but it is the most mm-hmm. beautiful Instagram page. I think by far that I follow and your ability to catch nature and to present it. And even your captions are 
I mean, the the photos are gorgeous. The videos are just mesmerizing. Some of them I can't watch because you have a little daredevil in you. Is that true? Yeah, probably. It probably comes off that way. <laughs> You're walking on the edge of a cliff with snow. Um, yeah, probably many times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not watching. I know he makes it off because I met him on the mountain. But no, that, that, that felt those some of those feel scary for me. But truthfully, I'm I just am in awe of it. And I am also a lover of nature. And so another reason I wanted to chat with you today is I want to talk about why nature. What does it do for us? How does it what happens to us when we're in nature? Why is it something that's important? You know, I um, shortly after I was married, I moved to Hawaii. We moved to Hawaii for three years and then from Hawaii to Minnesota for five. Um, my husband's brother lived was going to school in Hawaii as well. And he's huge outdoor person. And he and his girlfriend would say, come and go on a hike with us. And I'm like, what hike? Well, they tell us, Oh, I saw a poster of that. Like I'm good. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I didn't go on one hike when I lived in Hawaii for three years. I did go to the beach periodically. Then I moved to Minnesota, this most gorgeous state with the boundary waters and so many other good things. Did I ever, never, never went to any of them. It really has only been about the last eight to 10 years that I've learned to just, well, that I felt and experienced what nature has to offer. And now I can't get in there enough. But so I'm going to invite everyone who listens to this to go follow you on Instagram at Matt Galland. That's, is that your Instagram handle? Yeah, I think it's just my name. Yeah, just your name. Um, And we'll leave a link in the show notes as well to any of your social media that you have. But I, want to know why did you start an Instagram how did you come to love nature you know it, it, it for sure my parents weren't huge outdoor enthusiasts but enough that they took us you know many places and mm-hmm. um you know we traveled a lot as as a family and and most of them were probably I would say the majority of them were like nature based in some way mm-hmm. to go out my mom definitely had an extreme um appreciation for for nature if you want to get to know somebody if you think of it as this way if you spent time in a museum mm-hmm. of an artist let's say it's van gogh mm-hmm. and you spent you know a few hours each day of your life in, in a van gogh museum mm-hmm. you would probably get to know a lot about him mm-hmm. um, and it would come slowly over time and you'd learn to see why his brush strokes were the way they were and why he picked the colors that he picked and why he depicted the things that he did for nature. For me, um, I feel like I'm in God's museum Mm. and the more I'm in his museum and in his creation, you know, unfiltered, untouched by man, as much as can be, you learn a lot about him. You you learn that details are important to him. Mm. Because if you look at like a ladybug and you look at their little back or you look at the smallest under a microscope, there's order and beauty and color, anything beyond imagination, even to the smallest of the detail. And if you look back and zoom, you know, it's kind of fun to look at the the world from space and they, they'll do it now or they can keep going further and further back and, and going out in the zoom and you can see the universes and beyond and it just from a microscope to the broad spectrum, mm-hmm. there's beauty and organization um, and thought 
and divinity behind every brushstroke that he does. And so when you're out, when I'm out in nature, the more time you spend there, there's a rhythm in nature that you kind of sync your rhythm to it. And it feels peaceful and it feels like at home and you feel order in your life. And um, if you look at nature, sometimes nature looks very cruel mm-hmm. by looking at, you know, the big fire that we had here on mm-hmm. Mount Timpanogos in 2020. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, this, this, this looks very cruel. And this looks very, this is, you know, this is nature at work here. And then when you give it some time and thought, you see the green grasses that follow and yes. the animals that come to replenish the animals and and the the world's taking care of itself and i find in nature you remove yourself from man and become closer to god because you're not in god you're not in man's world anymore it, it, to some expect you extent you are some people will carve their name in a tree you're on a trail yeah. there'll be signs but for the most part you're removing yourself from man's creations and putting yourself into god's creations and you go from, at times, a world of chaos and um, selfishness to a world of balance and beauty and peace and serenity and a place that is in perfect harmony with the rules and laws of the universe. Mm. Because a flower only grows when it's supposed to. And the leaves only blow when the wind blows it and there's perfect harmony in nature when man is not involved and that's in my world and view that's that's how god works is a list of rules which have been re probably been written since before time began which will always will be and always have been for man to experience nature and watch it and see that balance you 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 gain peace, right? Yes. All around you, you know, there's there's it's just kind of fun to be in nature and see that cycle. So if you can be there a couple hours each day, uh, it wears off on you over a lifetime of being out in there and um you don't see nature necessarily as cruel anymore, but as a part of the plan for strengthening the, you know, the planet and when hard times come, those hard times make the planet stronger. And um, when you stand back and look at it as a whole, it it was designed from the beginning to work that way. So I think that's why I like it. I think that's why humans like it, because we can step back and go to to a place where God's created and designed. Now, if you don't believe in God, then go have fun on nature and and you can wonder for yourself why you feel great out there. And then you might come up with your own reasons. But those devils are definitely the ones I've come up with. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously there's a lot of people who love nature who don't believe in God. And I love your I love your invitation. Go go figure out why you love it out there. I I have always found it interesting, and I've asked maybe some of my friends who are less believing. Yeah, I find it interesting that something in nature, if it was some big bang or mm-hmm. unplanned, how it is that emotionally it touches us. Mm. I just like when you like see a sunset or something beautiful. I, it's just, why does our body react in an emotional, positive response most of the time? I find that very interesting that nature, if you were to be a non-believer, how it can be so connected to our emotional and mental state and move us yes. in so many ways. Yes. You know, a, a big bang of chaos going off 
would mean I would stare into this with no emotional response. But it, it feels very reactive to, you know, that's, you know, that sun rising over like the Sea of Cortez or a flower blooming, or just when you hear nature and you just hear one single bird chirping, you're like, oh, that's beautiful. That's so true. Or watching a hummingbird. Have yeah. you ever just sat and watched a hummingbird kind of go yeah. around? Yeah, buzz in front of you. That was on the other day. I was, I ran up to the rock pile and I was just standing there. I was looking over and a hummingbird came from behind my ear and came up one foot in front of my face and just stared at me for like 30 seconds. <laughs> and it was funny. I was like, is this dangerous? <laughs> I was, I was actually just picturing it's my eyeball in his beak. I'm like, could, th- th- could there be a bad outcome to this? Am I afraid of a hummingbird? But it, 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 then I'm like, oh, this is really neat. Um, but I do find it interesting how the human heart and emotion and w- we really connect with nature in some way. And so back to the beginning, I feel like we are in God's creation, his museum. And the more time you spend it. in it, the more you'll know about him. I can't imagine someone spending, you know, 75 years in an artist's, you know, room and by the time they leave that room 75 years later, that they would not know so many things about that artist just by his creations alone. What comes from his heart? What comes from his mind and his hands? What does he present? And now I feel like I know God because of what he creates. How is it that he knew that a sunset would mean so much to us or snow falling or capturing a snowflake on your glove or the the sound of wind blowing through pine trees? How is how did he know that that connects to our ear? But it, it just, it lets me know about his, his greatness, his grandness, but his, um, that still small voice that's, that's so piercing that you can have out in nature. It's like, I, I know who this is. And when, and if I see him, I'll recognize him right away because I've seen his works. Oh. I started taking pictures with my iPhone and I have this TV in my house that if I set the settings right on my phone and I take a picture, then it looks like it's on a frame and it's my favorite thing in my whole house. I love it. One of my favorite things. Anyway, so I've been posting a few things just on my uh, personal social media and a friend sent this to me. She said she had heard this said that the reason we feel so much peace and inspiration while we are in nature is because nature follows God. This is, this is just what you were saying. Nature follows God's laws perfectly. It does not question his law or suggest a different route. It simply follows the laws it has been given. And where God's laws are followed perfectly, the spirit cannot be stopped from flowing freely. I thought that was really beautiful because I'll be on a hike, even with a friend, and I'll say, stop. Can you feel that? Can you hear it? Can you hear the silence or the peace? And you can. You can feel. There's just something you can feel and see. I haven't felt really anywhere else. Um, it's it's miraculous. So right along with what you just said, I love that. Okay, so I went through your Instagram a little, and I have some questions for you. Well, first of all, when you said spend a couple hours in social in nature, the reality is I don't want to misspeak this, so I want to say it accurately. The average American spends more than 10 hours a day in front of a digital screen and spends less than 30 minutes a day outside, not even just up in nature somewhere, but even just outside in their yard, which feels a little tragic when we say that out loud. Because And screens are great, and nature soothes even if it's virtual. 
if you can't get outside, you know, go find something that you can look at. But to me, I thought that was really interesting and telling of the time that we live in. And also, again, I do understand that we live in a place where nature is so available to us. So I want to make note of that. There have been so many studies of benefits of being in nature. A few of them are improved short-term memory, enhanced working memory, lower levels of stress, higher feelings of positive well-being, improved attention, reduced risk of psychiatric disorders, and even upticks in empathy and cooperation. You just described all of that with such beautiful language. But that's also scientifically proven as well for those who are not neat, for for the me's who were like, oh, yeah, I saw a poster of that waterfall or, oh, yeah, yeah, that river sounds pretty cool, but nothing. I don't like to be cold. I don't like to be uncomfortable. There's mounting evidence from dozens of researchers that our emotional and mental health is greatly benefited from being in nature. So I went through your some of your Instagram posts. Um, on one of your posts, you had been to California to ride with some friends. The footage was just inc- incredibly beautiful, but your caption is what caught my attention. You said, sometimes a long ride with friends is good medicine. Tell me what you mean by that. Well, you know, a lot of a lot of my outdoor experiences has, has usually been tied with like good friendships, um, going out with people. I do go out a lot, but I also spend quite a bit of time when I go out with with good friends, good people. And um I always just find that um nature is a, a good forum to like have those talks with friends where like healing is required in, in, mm-hmm. in some way. And even if you, I mean, it's kind of interesting when we go on a run or on a ride, usually, you know, you start, you, you start with your buddies and like, you're kind of like decompressing from life. Like, ah, oh, I just got off, you know, my, my buddy, Mike Young, who works in the ER is like, oh, okay, I'm just getting off work. Oh, I had this crazy thing go on, but, and then my other friend, you know, Dan Mitchell would be like, oh, I just got off of work too. The, everyone's doing this. And then, then it, then evolves into Hey, uh, what did you eat for lunch? Am I hungry? Why are we feeling the way we feel right now? And then usually you go into this aerobic trance of like your heart starts beating fast. You start to sweat a little bit and and you're kind of you're moving into the realm of like nature and, and working out in nature where you start to decompress. Your engine starts to rev up and you sweat, you breathe hard. And then it's kind of like we all sink in this rhythm. and then. You talk about things that are going on in your life and you're like, you know what? Yeah. So what's going on here? And you talk about, oh, if, you know, you know, your kids and how your kids are doing and how you're doing in life and, you know, things that you've thought about. And, um, and sometimes they can be totally trivial and kind of like immature. Sometimes you're like, oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, you know what happened today? Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of like you're, 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 it's a therapy session talking with friends, um, Nature is just sometimes a really good place because you feel like you're in a safe place, uh, you know, and you're in a place where you can speak freely and be yourself. And, you know, on that particular day, I, my mom had just, she, she, we were in a place where she had passed. I was there earlier. I was returning to the same place where I got the news that my mom had passed. And so it was a place of like coming to reality again, like, Hey, this is where we are. This is where it all happened. And where am I now and where do I want to be going and how have things been, you know, since that time? So, mm-hmm. 
Would you say your mom taught you to love nature? You mentioned that she was a nature lover earlier. For for sure. So my my Instagram really started to be a way to share my pictures with my mom. Mm. Like straight up, this is how my life was before Instagram. I would take really pretty pictures in nature mm-hmm. that I absolutely loved. And I'm like, people need to see this. Yeah. It, I felt like I had just witnessed the world's greatest restaurant yes. and I was the only one there. I'm like, nobody's <laughs> yes. here. Like yes. nobody wants to be at this restaurant. Like I should start letting people know what <laughs> I just ate and what I'm going to order next time. And so in the days of like email, I would like think of anyone who had an email, my family and a few friends. And I would share like, 10 pictures yeah and i would get like zero response <laughs> and i was like you know what the, really Suckers. you know and then but my mom would always reach out and say oh maddie this is the most wonderful thing i've ever seen how you captured this and i was like oh i've got my number one fan yeah. like she likes this so when instagram came out i actually had a friend in the neighborhood who's like matt there is this new app that just came out that was specifically built just for you. <laughs> All you do is you just have to share a picture and whoever wants to come see it can, can see come it. see it. And those who don't want to see it don't have to. And I'm like, this is perfect. Yeah. I don't have to fill my friends and family's email <laughs> with my adventures <laughs> that they really don't care about. <laughs> but what was nice is when I did that, I'm like, oh, I have friends out there mm-hmm. who who see who love this great restaurant. They're like, we love it too. (laughs) And please give like share more. And so it started with my mom being like my number one fan right there. And I'm like, Hey, my mom can see where I'm going, what I'm seeing because she can't always necessarily be where I'm going, but she'll be able to appreciate it. And um, yeah, that day when I was in the Redwoods, it's interesting on that day, I actually texted my mom and said, Hey, I'm flying to the Redwoods today. It's going to be really pretty. It's in Northern California in the middle of nowhere. And I'm just going to be riding my bike through, you know, just north of Mendocino and I'll send you pictures. And she said, oh, please send me pictures. I can't wait to see them. I'll see you at the end of the day. And um, what was interesting that day is when I was riding, I knew something was, I knew something was interesting going on because I felt my mom really close those who were with me kind of knew. I was like, guys, do you feel something? Like, hmm. do you see how pretty it is here? Like, this is almost, this is like a magical place. It is so quiet. Hmm. And the mist going through here and the sun's rays that catch in redwoods, it just sh- throws all these shadows. And what I didn't know at that time is feeling so close to my mom and saying she's got to see this. Today, I believe my mom was actually at that exact time suffering a um, a catastrophic stroke that ended up taking her life that day. Mm. And so, yeah, it was kind of interesting in my mind that my mom's really got to see this. And I knew at that time, I'm like, she's actually here yeah. saying her last goodbye. I knew something was interesting that day, but I didn't learn until like three hours later until I got back into service that my wife, um, she just said, hey, I, I don't know. Where have you been? I'm like, I've just been in the Redwoods. She said, I, have you have you heard the text coming in? I said, no. And she just said, um, your mom's in the hospital and she probably won't make it. She um, had a stroke today. I fell to the floor. 
Yeah, that was the first time that I felt like my life just was never going to be the same. And uh, I said, I'll come home as soon as I can. And I flew home that night. And I went straight to the hospital. And while my mom was technically alive, I knew that she was already gone. And so, yeah, that day that I went out with my friends, I had to go back to that place because it was the last place in my mind that I had seen my mom alive. And uh, I go back to that same tree and I've been back to that same tree and stood there and um, felt close to my mom in nature because I feel like now she gets to ride with me and run with me <laughs> and be with me. And my Instagram's never quite the same, but now she's just kind of a partner with me out there as I take pictures and travel and she gets to share those with me on a more personal level. So that was going back and being with friends was good medicine talking about where I felt that time and how I've healed at least somewhat and how I still miss her. So thank you for sharing that, the intimacy of the experience you had and then your willingness to share it with friends, the connection that happens with your mother, with God, with your friends, our brains, that is what creates a connectedness inside of us, which is so critical. I loved your mom. She is so generous and kind and was so sweet to me every time I ever saw her. In fact, I would tell her, I would run into her once every 15 years too. And she'd ask something and I'd share <laughs> something. And she was always generous, always so sweet. So I can't imagine the loss that it's been for you and your whole family. Some other um, posts and uh, words that you shared, swans on a lake, anxiety reducer, who knew? That's just the title. Or that one time when a biker, a runner, a dog, and a few bighorn sheep almost ran into each other. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to invite people to go and just find these posts because they're so beautiful. I, <laughs> I laughed. I felt tender as I read. You, you'll, you just give little clips of things that matter to you. It's just a really beautiful thing. Finally, this guy broke his femur four months ago. He's been doing a lot of physical therapy, but not enough emotional therapy. I knew this place would be the right medicine he's been craving. Yeah, just nature's kind of has is its own realm of healing that, you know, you scientifically you can say, hey, this is these are some of the benefits. There's probably more that can't be written. But yeah, nature, nature just, you know, he, he he actually had gotten, um, broke his femur out on a ski accident on the mountain. Oh, and um, a lot of people think about like, oh, you know, how's the pain level? What's the recovery like? Where from that person, from their perspective, all those are secondary to what he's really feeling, which is when can I get back out <laughs> to, you know, to doing that thing that, that I like to be. And, that, and that's being in nature. So when he was able to finally kind of get back out, I knew he was able to feel that. And I've had many experiences in my life where I've been, you know, I've crashed on my mountain bike and broke my pelvis and I had to be in bed for a couple months, you know, without moving. And it's kind of fun. I just get emotional. Even though I went back on that trail with, um, you know, two crutches and just got dropped off. Really? Got to have a friend drop me off. I'm like, I'll call you when I'm done. I just kind of want, you know, my crutches on the trail. It was only for a quarter of a mile. Yeah. But I remember just like, I'm like, I'm going to take my shirt off so I can soak up all this vitamin D yeah. <laughs> like on my back. And mm -hmm. like, it was actually like an emotional release for me because like just feeling the sun on my back and that warmth, 
I missed that so much. And I'm like, gosh, the sun actually warming your back I know. is a, is like, I don't know. It's kind of like a hug from somebody. It is. It's like, it's been two months since I've been out of my bed. Yes. So to feel the sun, it was like, hey, do you remember how good this feels? So I was like, oh my gosh, I got like teary eyed, you know, and I think one of my kids was just with me the first time to make sure I didn't fall. Yeah. But I just remember like, oh man, this feels so good. Yes. And I didn't have to be back up to running in full speed again. I just had to have a chance to get back up in there yes. and a little bit of hope. So I was like, oh, this feels so good. So I knew my friend who had been through something similar. I'm like, oh, this is going to be Come good on. medicine for him. Yeah, it's Come beautiful. Back out. With that thought and also the thought of your friends that were with you when your mother passed, I, I thought I have truly it is my friends who have taught me to love nature. I, I have a friend, look at that moon or do you see that? Have you, did you see the sunrise this morning? Things I never even looked at earlier, you know, in my life. I just, the sun came up, the sun went down, the moon. Anyway, I ride bikes with them or will hike with them or do different activities. And it's interesting when you're doing it with a friend, when you're connected with someone that's out there as well, there's this feeling, especially when you're climbing or doing hard things, there's this uniting feeling that comes and when you said, you know, we all, we kind of start opening up, it, it is true. And sometimes by the end of our rides or hike, we're like, love you so much. You guys, okay, love you. Thanks so much for coming. You know, we're just almost like we have to, there's, there's just a different experience that happens there. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your experience. And then also the medicine that comes, that is, that is so true. We have to end, which is just feels tragic to me, but I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you to be thinking when I share one last thing. If someone were listening to this podcast, what's one thing that they could take away today that they could just that they could do differently in their life that would help them do the work emotionally? And while you think about that, I asked a few friends and I told them I was doing this podcast today and I said I asked them what are ways that nature why do you love to Find time and ways to be in nature. And here were some of their responses. I thought they were really insightful. Kathleen said, I feel healing. I breathe in deep oxygen, which is so healthy for my body. I feel Jesus Christ and God as I celebrate the beautiful creation that he's given me. I watch my grandchildren willing to be outside all day, playing, creating, and exploring. It's very motivating for me to get them away from screens and spending their time to spend their time in nature. Kim said, nature is God's creation and holds the highest energy. When I step into that creation, I feel my energy increase and negative energies release. Lisa said, I feel different when I'm outside the city limits. I feel calm and clear. I love the details. They're, they're just second witness to all that you've said today. The clouds, the skylines, the different foliage, um, the lakes, the pond, the animal, the insects. It's all beautiful. Karen said, I feel limitless when I'm in nature. Gigi said, being in nature is very restorative and healing for me. Going into nature helps me breathe, be present, see the details, drink in the wonders and the beauty that surround me, feel clarity and peace and feel close to God. Lindsay said, nature is restorative. When seasons change, nature restores and replenishes itself. When I'm in nature, I find perspective that same kind of restoration can happen for me. Allison said, I just read this this morning. Feeling what it is to be human without the pull of technology. Nature is a place to reconnect with what it is to be human and connect with God. It's the best medicine. 
Sarah said, I feel connection when I'm out in nature. Mary said, being outside feels cleansing to me, like I leave behind all the weight and worry and doubt. All just different witnesses of the same thing. So we can go through psychology today and all the different scientific studies. But in the end, the best way we're going to know of the beauty and the uh, healing characteristic or healing I don't know the word. What is it? Something that comes from nature is by being in it. So what would you say someone could do after listening to this podcast? What could they take away to do the work? You know, um, can I, can I quote um, a prophet? You can. In this you thing? Absolutely. Please. Okay. President Russell M. Nelson said this, speaking of going to the temple, which has amazing healing qualities. Mm-hmm which mimic nature quite a bit, but even more so. Mm-hmm. He says, if you don't love going to the temple now, or if you haven't found that love, go more, don't go less. When mm-hmm. he said that, I actually took that to heart and, and did just that. Mm-hmm. If if there is something that you know is good, but you don't love it yet, mm-hmm. go more, don't go less. Because... Those, if you don't love going to the gym, you probably don't love because you don't go to the gym. Mm-hmm. If you don't love reading good books, you're like, no, I'm actually not one of those people who loves good, great books. That's because you don't read Read-do great books. books. Yes. Um, if you don't love running, that's because you don't run. You know, if there's something inherently not positive, I would probably say don't go down that road because, but if you know in your heart that it's something is good, but you don't love it. You need to go more and not less. And with you, when you spend time in nature, it'll catch on. You'll 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 catch that bug inevitably, and um, it can only do good. So there's good in the world and there's bad. Once you can recognize the good, do that more in your life and not less, and you'll experience exactly what everyone else has experienced out there. So, amen. That is yeah. so beautiful. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much for taking time to chat. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And um, yeah, that's kind of interesting being on a podcast, but um, it's all about sharing. So, if, if someone can can feel something and make a, a better move today towards the right direction, then um, we've won today. I agree. Thank you. You'll have many choices in your day and in your week. I hope you'll choose to do the work. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, share a written experience, or ask me a question, go to coachchristy.life and fill out the podcast questionnaire and we'll be in touch with you soon. There are no dumb questions or experiences, just opportunities to learn and do the work. Have a great week.